Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. I hope that you're having a good day. I hope that as you are, maybe you're driving to work or maybe the kids are down for a nap. Maybe you're running on your treadmill, whatever you're doing, listening to the podcast. I hope that you are having a good day and at least meditating on the word, if not digging right now. We are in John 14, as you know, this month. This is dig a bit number three for this month. And we're in John 14. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, the comforter that Christ promised. And we remember as we're thinking about this, that Christ promised the comforter to apostles that he was leaving with the greatest mission that men had ever been uh, given. And he said at the same time that he was giving them this great commission, he said, but I'm leaving you and I'm not going to be here to help you. I'm going back to prepare a place for you. And then he made this promise that I'm sure sounded strange to them, but I'm going to give you another helper, another comforter who will guide you into all truth. I'm not going to leave you alone for this mission. He said, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or just believe me for the very work's sake, that is the miracles. He who believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I'm going to my Father. We talked about the sense in which the apostles' works were greater. They were longer lasting. They were going to endure until probably the last person died that the apostles laid their hands on. So this was going to happen for a few more decades. And whatever you ask in my name, he's saying to the apostles, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He says, then, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And here's the promise. And I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper or comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world those who are not obedient can't receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I won't leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And this is just one of the places on in the chapter in verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. And this was going to be a peaceful and a comforting thing. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. He's saying here, I'm giving you this great big job to do. We're going to birth the church here, starting in Acts 2. But I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to be here for you. I'm not going to, the sun will not be here anymore, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to leave you the comforter, which will guide you into all truth. I love that we're studying the comforter right now because I believe the world needs comfort right now. I've talked to some of you who are even digging beside hospital beds as we are going through this study. And, and I know that this teaching about the comforter has got to be important to you. It's got to be 
uh, nourishing to you. And we are studying, of course, this month about how we receive the comfort from the Holy Spirit. And it is today through our study of the Word. And so I'm praying that Digging Deep will be a tool for this comforter, a tool for this Holy Spirit, because He's given us the Word. And when we dig into the Word, we receive His comfort. We receive His help. We, re- we are guided into truth so that we can share it with other people because that's the way he works today. It's through this word that he has left us. So I want us to, to think about, and I find this just fascinating, and I hope that you can too, how busy, how extremely diligent the Holy Spirit was in the book of Acts. Now, Acts, granted, is a busy book in the first place because it's telling us several decades here of the chronicling of the birth of the eternal kingdom of God. So it's the church, the birth of the church. And it is also the confirming of the teachings that the apostles were doing, but not only the confirming, but the preserving of them for us. What we're digging in and holding in our hands and turning the pages of or looking digitally at on our phones, that word was being given and preserved for us in the book of Acts. So we have two really important things going on. The kingdom is birthed, born, and grown in Acts, Acts, the whole book of Acts, and the word that we're holding in our hands was being given and preserved throughout the book of Acts and other parts of the New Testament. But I mean, the beginnings of our new covenant were happening. Paul was writing in the book of Acts through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. John was writing during the time that Acts was happening. Matthew, Mark, Luke, they were writing these things down during these decades that the Holy Spirit was working in the book of Acts. And and I'm amazed as I look at the book of Acts at the, the varied work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's doing everything from teaching through the lips of men to telling men where to go to catching men away, making them vanish to, and to doing miracles like healing making lame men walk and casting out. He's doing so many things and he's doing them in several, well, all over the world at the same time. I mean, what when we have Philip down in Acts 8 preaching in Samaria, the Holy Spirit didn't just go with Philip and leave the apostles in Jerusalem. He was with them too. He was doing his works in all these places at one time. I'm just amazed at the power and the busyness of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. It was an amazing time. That's why Joel said, I'm going to pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and your handmaidens will prophesy. I love that fact, that pouring out of the Holy Spirit that we have in the book of Acts and its ramifications in the lives of those people who had the apostles' hands laid on them. It's just an amazing thing. And what I want to challenge you to do today is to take a a chapter in the book of Acts. Just take one chapter 
and find the footprints of the Holy Spirit all over that chapter. I'm going to give you an example today. I, I was just looking at Acts 8, one of the chapters that we read for our Digging Deep study this month. And I just want to quickly go over it with you and show you some of the different things, the busy things that the Holy Spirit was doing, the powerful things that the Holy Spirit was doing. It begins by saying Saul, that's going to be Paul, was consenting to the death of Stephen, the martyr that happened just in the chapter previously. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. I just want to tell you right here that I find great comfort in this verse. When there is persecution, there's growth of the church. When there is persecution, negative, there comes positive. I love that verse because sometimes we today undergo persecutions of various kinds, and it is so painful. But when there's persecution, there's good that comes from it. And I, I just think that it's important that we see that in this passage and so many more that the Holy Spirit has given us. Devout men carried Stephen, the body of Stephen, to bury him and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he was still making havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women and committing them to prison. And therefore, those who were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. There you go, the scattering because of the persecution. So the word is preached. There's the Holy Spirit first in verse 4. The word is being preached. They weren't opening their Bibles. They weren't unrolling their scrolls to preach the word of Christ. They were preaching it because the Holy Spirit had given the words to the apostles. And through the apostles, had the word was given and miraculous gifts were given of, of knowledge to those people who went preaching the word. Then Philip, he's not an apostle. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. There's the Holy Spirit. He's working in verse 5 through Philip's mouth. Verse 6, And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Oh, he's not only speaking, but the Holy Spirit is doing miracles through Philip. What kind of miracles? Verse 7, Unclean spirits crying with loud voices are coming out of many who are possessed with them, and many who are palsied people are being healed, and those who were lame couldn't walk were healed. People were looking at Philip because of what the Holy Spirit was doing. He was working through Philip. Verse 8, and there was great joy in that city. Huh, what is he called in, in John 14? The Holy Spirit, he's called the Comforter. And look at this. He's bringing comfort and joy in the city of Samaria right now. That's an apt name for him. He's working. There was this man called Simon, who before times in the same city used sorcery and amazed the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, and they all were listening to him, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. Of course he wasn't. He was tricking the people. And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had tricked them with sorceries. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. He was tricking the people. Verse 12, the Holy Spirit's going to confront Simon. But when they believed Philip, preaching the good tidings concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Why did they believe Philip? Well, he's already told us. Because the Holy Spirit was making it obvious through the miracles and signs that this was God's word. The Holy Spirit was working. And it made people put on Christ in baptism and it gave them comfort, remission of their sins. 
Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, and he was amazed, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. The Holy Spirit is teaching. The Holy Spirit is confirming. Teaching, confirming, teaching, confirming, teaching, confirming. Teaching through the mouths of men, confirming through the miracles which men did. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. Why did they send Peter and John? Well, it's going to tell you. Who, when they were come down, prayed for the people, these new Christians that had just been baptized, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Why did they have to go? Why did the apostles have to go? Because the Holy Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands. It just says it in verse 16. For as yet... He was fallen upon none of them, only they had been baptized, but then they laid their hands on them. The apostles laid their hands on these people. They traveled from Jerusalem to Samaria, pretty good little distance there, so that these people could receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now is working. It's being passed from the miraculous. It's being passed from the hands of the apostles to the hands of these new Christians. The Holy Spirit is all over Acts 8, doing all kinds of things. And Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, and he offered money, saying, Give me this power that on whoever I lay hands, he can receive the Holy Spirit. Wow, it was obvious. The Holy Spirit's work was not only powerful, but it was obvious. I mean, Simon looked and saw it was obvious that the Holy Spirit had been given through the laying on of the apostles' hands. The Holy Spirit amazes me. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. So repent of this wickedness and pray to God if maybe the thought of your heart could be forgiven. Repent of this wickedness, for I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness. How did Paul perceive that much that he was in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity? Well, I think the Holy Spirit was helping Paul was helping um, Peter here. Did I say Paul? It was Peter. How did Peter perceive this? Well, he perceived it because of the Holy Spirit. Then answered Simon and said. Pray to the Lord for me that none of these things that you have spoken come on me. And when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. How did they preach the gospel? They preached it through the power of the Holy Spirit, the knowledge that they were given directly from the Holy Spirit. They couldn't open their Bibles and preach. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Here we're going to have the, the story of the conversion of that Ethiopian treasurer. The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, to the way that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, there was a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. How did he get to read Isaiah the prophet? The only reason he had a scroll of Isaiah the prophet in the Old Testament was because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go and join yourself to this chariot. Now the Holy Spirit is talking directly to Philip. And so Philip ran to the chariot. The Holy Spirit's working. He's making this man run. 
And he heard him read Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you read? And he said, I can't understand. How can I except somebody help me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was Isaiah 53, providence here. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opening not his mouth, there couldn't be a passage in the Old Testament that would be more convicting about Jesus the Christ and the need for salvation than Isaiah 53, and this was exactly where this man was reading. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation for? His life is taken from the earth. The Holy Spirit here is talking through the prophet Isaiah, through the words that he preserved to this eunuch. And yet the eunuch is not understanding. The eunuch said, I pray thee, have who is the prophet talking? Is he talking about himself or some other man? Then, verse 35, Philip opened up his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached to him Jesus. Well, how did he do that? He did that because the Holy Spirit was helping him, comforting him, helping him. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? I want you to notice here that baptism for the remission of sins is a product of the teaching of the good news. That's what Philip was teaching him here, and the natural conclusion was I'm going to go down into this water, and I'm going to be immersed for the forgiveness of my sins. Why would he go on his way rejoicing if something good hadn't happened? The natural conclusion of the gospel is I want to be baptized for the remission of sins. If you've not ever been immersed as an adult because you wanted the forgiveness of your sins, please contact me. I'm on my way already to help you obey the gospel. So they went on their way. They came to the water. The eunuch wanted to be baptized. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Where did he get this conviction? He got it from the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through Philip. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. We know it was immersion. Why did they both need to go all the way down into the water? We know it was immersion because the very Greek word means burial. But we know it because they both had to go down into the water here. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Wow. Now the Spirit has quit talking and has started catching away. I mean, the Spirit just moved Philip from the side of this chariot to, verse 40, Azotus. He was found in Azotus, preaching he caught him away. He put him somewhere else. He was preaching the word in Azotus again. The Holy Spirit is just busy. But look at verse 39. The eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Comfort. There is comfort in the work of the Holy Spirit. He is a comforter. So in this chapter alone, we have the Holy Spirit enabling preaching. We have the Holy Spirit performing miracles of healing and casting out demons. We have the Holy Spirit bringing great joy. We have the Holy Spirit inciting, convicting people to be baptized. We have the Holy Spirit being given through the laying on of the apostles' hands. We have the Holy Spirit prompting the apostles to travel from Jerusalem to Samaria to make sure these people had the Holy Spirit. 
we have the Holy Spirit making Peter know things that otherwise he be sure of things that otherwise he wouldn't be sure of in his teaching and in his perception of Simon. We have the Holy Spirit telling, instructing Philip to run to a chariot. We have the Holy Spirit talking to the treasurer through the prophet Isaiah. We have the Holy Spirit preaching Jesus through the mouth of Philip. We have the Holy Spirit catching Philip away, moving him from one location on the road from Ethiopia to Azotus. We have the Holy Spirit actually making him vanish from one place and putting him in another place. And in the middle of that scripture, we have comfort and joy. The eunuch went on his way rejoicing. I love it. The Holy Spirit was just doing so much right here in Acts 8 in this saga of Philip and the Samaritans and the treasurer of the queen. He was doing so much. He was touching somebody in the queen's household of Ethiopia. He was, the Holy Spirit was just busy in Acts 8. But does that mean he wasn't busy back at Jerusalem? No, he was busy there too. Does that mean he wasn't busy in um, Caesarea and Capernaum? He was busy. The Holy Spirit was working in all those ways, in all those places. Why? Because he was bringing the greatest comfort that the world has ever seen. He was birthing the church. He was giving us the scriptures. The Holy Spirit was amazing in the book of Acts. I just want to challenge you to pick your own chapter and see what the Holy Spirit was doing. But when you go through it, Don't forget that he was doing all the other things in all the other places at the same time to bring about this kingdom in which you and I find our comfort today. I hope you have a good day.